0: Yeah, we don't have to be here till ten, right? <laughs> Some of you got really scared. Don't be scared. That's right. It's a real honor to be here tonight. I'm glad you're here. Okay. And uh, you know, if I just came to receive this weekend, then. Um, would have been good enough, huh? <laughs> you, how many have been here most of the conference? Yeah. So, um, just really honored. I, I appreciate um, the value uh, this church has for the Word of the Lord. Uh, really does make a big difference um, because it's God's word to you. You know, prophetic teaching, whatever it may be, it's it's valuable. You know, you're not just receiving. Oh, been there, done that type of thing, you know um, just always keep this in mind. I try and keep this in mind, and that 's do a lot of meetings because that 's the call of God in my life, big part of the call of God in my life, but um, every meeting is different, yeah. every meeting God wants to engage you in a different way, and the way uh, you're engaged with God and the way you're, um, will posture your heart to receive, even if it's from the person next to you, is a really big deal. These are meetings with God, you know? Like, like, let's just not do meetings anymore, you know? I don't think anyone's in this, we're just not interested in just going to church because it's like another club, you know? Like, we're here to take territory and and do things. uh, But, uh, so... Even if you're here all weekend, um, I want to say whatever God's going to do, it's different and unique for this moment. That's right. That's right. He saw this moment before the very foundation of the world. And he had you in mind. Hallelujah. So, Lord, just lift your hands. I just want to release into that. I wasn't going to pray here, but Lord, thank you. Lord, I break off even tiredness. People may he, be here that they feel, been here all day. and they just, Lord, I just lose freedom and the clarity to hear exactly what you have to tell them. Lord, I just believe that uh, whether someone ministers to anyone personally tonight, everyone receives the word of the Lord tonight. Yeah. Right. Lord, I, I even break off the charismatic package that we've put the word of the Lord in. That has to be through somebody or it has to be this way or it has to be that way. And we just receive what you want to do in this room. Lord, I ask for the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus Christ to come forward. <laughs> We see Jesus a little lower than the angels. We want to see Jesus tonight. I, I just see um, it's like a, an open portal here tonight for us to just go up higher and the spirit of revelation to reveal some things. So, Lord, thanks for that. Lord, thank you for the opportunity to span, stand between God and man And just declare exactly what you're saying. So fill me with the Holy Spirit. I just am just really in need of your help, Lord. I I don't have anything to offer on my own. But as your son, you've given me the privilege of just expounding on the wonders of God. (laughs) So we want to expound on the wonders of God. We want to behold The beauty of who you are. We want to see another facet of who you are. We just never get bored. So let heaven break in. You're already here. The open heaven's already here. But let an understanding of that come to us. In Jesus' name. Amen. I just really sense... uh, An urgency just to get into the Word. I have some product. If you enjoy what you hear tonight, buy everything on the table. It will make you feel better. (laughs) But um, I was just really even seeking God in the last week, kind of knowing the schedule, what was going to happen. And uh, God orchestrates things in a certain pattern. And uh, I want to continue actually off, I believe, the pattern that was established even last night and just delve into some stuff here tonight. And uh, hopefully um, it all makes sense. God makes sense. Sometimes it doesn't make sense in my own natural, soulish mind, but He's got this whole thing figured out. <laughs> yeah. You have your Bibles, John 17, verse 3, <laughs> one of my favorite scriptures. John chapter 17, verse 3. And this is eternal life. Oh, I'm sorry, are you still turning there? Um, I'm, going to, I'm going to use probably a, a good number of Scripture because I don't know any other way to teach. <laughs> read your Bible. <laughs> You'll be amazed what you find in there. <laughs> yeah, you know, sometimes you teach stuff and people are like, never seen that in there. <laughs> you have to read it. See, there's a kingdom shift taking place in the church, and God is aligning the church with His kingdom. The kingdom is not the church, but is a representative of the kingdom. And one of the things I believe that the Lord is doing is that He's giving us practical experience with what we're reading in there, so our experience of what we're seeing God do affects the way we look at the reality of Scripture and not the experience that is contrary to Scripture affecting the Scripture. <laughs> what I mean by that is there's a proud culture. I don't know if that made sense, but it made sense to me. There is um, a culture that the Lord is trying to shift us from that has proud unbelief and that actually celebrates its unbelief in the name of standing on the word of God. And they said that's not biblical when it's actually in the word, but their experience has never measured up to what's actually happening in Scripture. And so they begin to create a theology that is void of the supernatural, void of the interventions of God and say God never did that. And the theology is looked at in a very soulish way. It's looked upon as very linear it's amazing to me that in Joel 2, he prophesies the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Peter stands up and says, this is that which the Holy Spirit spoke of. But Joel never prophesied about people speaking in other tongues. Right. And Holy Spirit said exact match. Okay. I didn't write the book. <laughs> Just telling you what's in it. Oh, yeah. So John 17 verse 3 says, this is eternal life that we may know Him. <laughs> Eternal life is, is not that you said a prayer and you'll get to heaven one day. They always, they always used to tell me. See, and that's part of what I was talking about. We have these sayings that if you repeat ignorance long enough inside the church, people think it's real about God. That's right, amen. Yeah. Yeah, so true. And so when you begin to make statements that are actually biblical, it begins to rattle that religious cage people live in. Because we want to serve a God that we understand. And he never told us we would understand, only that we would know him. Yes, yes, yes. yeah. Ah, yeah. <laughs> That's Steve, right? Yes, yes, yes. Good you know, like, I, I really want to just waste my life knowing him. I really do. I'm already famous in heaven. <laughs> so are you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. They may never know my name, I hope. You know, I hope it's never about my name, but I know, I know Jesus. Yeah. Amen. But even in my, you know, when you pursue him, you realize how weak you really are. And he's so loving. Get back up, you know, like trying to get this whole thing of the mind of Christ in you, you know, like. It's good, you know, we shouldn't leave these conferences saying oh, I got a lot of work to do. You got a lot of worshiping to do. That's <laughs> really what you got to do. <laughs> and I realized that I was just at the beach two weeks in a row. And I realized that my knowing God, my even understanding, my revelation, which I think, you know, like oh, that's really deep. You know, like God's not looking over saying, I've never heard that before. (laughs) (laughs) It's for our benefit here now, you know. (laughs) And it's just a little sand on a huge beach. And we get so dignified in our worship and we know and we got degrees and, you know, the knowledge of God. And so... God has given us the opportunity to step into eternity, to step into, as we did last night, we step in, he said, eternal life. You'll have it when you die. We'll live forever. Everyone in here is going to live forever. I'm going to live forever. I'm not going to die. You step into eternity when you come into knowing Jesus on a regular basis. So, You step into another dimension, but you still live in this dimension. And so your spirit can commune with God in the dimension of heaven and lives in heaven, but you're still here upon the earth, able to affect earth through your intimacy with the Lord. John 14 verse 2 says, Don't be troubled, I've got a place for you, and it's in heaven. It's true that we have mansions in heaven, but it's equally true that the original language that I studied that one time is actually a metaphor for having the Holy Spirit living inside of you. And Paul says, uh, I believe Paul wrote Hebrews, he said, we have tasted of the power of the age to come, the Holy Spirit, (laughs) eternity again. Eternity clothes you so you can become the down payment of a new heavens and a new earth. And what I love how he taught last night because good theology runs Genesis through Revelation. Yes, that's yes. right. I don't like the structure um, that is often in evangelical circles that we almost dismiss the old as not being relevant. That's right. That's why a lot of Christians don't like Israel. <laughs> But we are restored to our original intention. And Habakkuk 2 verse 14 has this wonderful promise. It's a sure word of prophecy. It's going to happen whether you believe it or not. For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God as the waters cover the sea. So Jesus welcomes us into eternity here and now. And he welcomes us to, in eternity to restore us to our original Genesis 1 intention of living in glory. You were, you were, you were born to live in glory. There's scripture to that. (laughs) Look at Romans chapter eight. I love this. For for those, I'm reading out of the Amplified, so it makes it louder. Those he formed you of whom he was aware and loved beforehand. <laughs> you are loved even in your weakness. I love it. Tracy talked about it this morning. You know, some people. Uh, what the enemy tries to do is when you, you mess up, he tries to get you isolated and away from the Lord. But the Lord was the one who came looking for them. It's in the Bible. <laughs> He also destined from the beginning for ordaining them to be molded into the image of His Son and sharing inwardly in His likeness. <laughs> he knew you and he, he likes your talents. He likes exactly how He's made you. But with your unique expression, He wants you to look with your personality with a little extra pounds. <laughs> he likes it all, but He wants to conform you to the image of Jesus. And those whom He thus foreordained, He called. And those whom He also called, He also justified. Acquitted, made right standing, putting them in right standing with Himself. And those whom He justified, now watch this. He also glorified. <laughs> Raising, this is not just for heaven. This is their, our present state. To a heavenly dignity and condition or state of being. Just meditate on that one for a minute. And then I I just read 31. What then shall we say? If God is for us, who can be against us? (laughs) So his original intention, the, 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 the prophetic promise in Habakkuk that the whole earth will be filled with the knowledge of glory begins with the down payment of each of us entering into eternity through intimacy with Jesus. I I always remember when um, I was praying one day, I found that to be a healthy activity. (laughs) I don't like that term, quiet times with the Lord. (laughs) Because it denotes to me a connotation that we just have like this 30 or 20 or 15 minute thing with God, and then we go live the rest of our day. And God wants every part of your day not saying you don't have to work, but you can still commune with him. Practicing the presence of God. And I was praying, and he said, you know, you've been prophesying this thing about God coming to cities, regions, and nations. He goes, the down payment of that is your life becoming a living sacrifice and the gate between heaven and earth. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. These all scriptures, they all work together. Because when we step into eternity, we're actually in heaven. And as we just yield our lives in a continual way to intimacy before the Lord, the glory, God begins to clothe you with glory. You come to your original intention. And you become the down payment of the whole earth becoming, being filled with the knowledge of God's glory. There are going to be Pentecost type moments, but you become the answer to that prophecy. What I mean by that is a lot of people are praying for what God wants them to become. And they're waiting for God to do something and God's just waiting for the sons of God to be revealed. Jesus. in the context of intimacy god has invited us to the very throne room of god one of my favorite uh, passages of scripture to meditate upon is revelation 4 because it talks about the throne room of god it talks about what's in the throne room of god and a lot of times i just oh god that's what's in the, that's what's in the throne room and we begin to go up 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 because that which on printed page be- begins to become a reality in my life Because it's an open door. Come up here and let me show you things that are about to take place. And he allows us to stand in the very throne room of God where the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are. And in that place is the very counsel of the Lord. Ephesians 2, verse 6, We're seated with Christ in heavenly places. Jesus prayed in John 17 that we would have the same glory that he experienced. And we stood before Nicodemus and he said, he said, no one has ascended except he that descended, which is the son of man who is in heaven, but he's on planet earth. And then Jesus said, we're seated with him in heavenly places. So when the father, son and Holy Spirit interceding, we have a place at that very table. And in the midst of that, in that context, is the voice of the Lord. That was my introduction. I hope I can get through more. Look at um, Jeremiah 23. I, I was actually at a, um, a conference and they read this scripture, and it's so, I've read it before, but it's so riveted me. I've been meditating on it since then. Jeremiah 23. Verse 18. For who among them has stood in the council of the Lord that he should perceive and hear his word? Who has marked his word, noticing and observing and giving attention to it and actually heard it? Everyone in here is invited to the council, to the very throne room of the Lord to be seated in heavenly places, to move between two dimensions. And that's where the voice of the Lord is heard. That's where we get invited to the dialogue of heaven. And we catch the dialogue of heaven and we have the word. And in this chapter, he's actually lamenting the fact that the, that the, the, the prophets in Israel were prophesying profanely. And it doesn't mean that they weren't religious. They were doing religious activity, but they were defiling the land. And I want to prophesy to you that there's a shift taking place in the body of Christ. And as it happens in leadership, it's going to filter down through the people that God is going to remove those who have not heard the word of the Lord. And not in a mean way, but just because He's got business to take care of. He's loving and gracious as going to, and wants all people to come back to Him. But He needs to shift people in His place who've heard the very counsel of the Lord and not what somebody else has said. It's so precious, His Word. It's so precious to hear His voice. And it's the privilege of everyone in this room. Amen. I always remember I was in uh, Brazil last year. And um, I've been preaching a lot. And uh, they they said, um, you know, the pastor there preached in the morning. And, you know, we went for healing. And then she said, in the night, you pray for everyone. Impartation. I said, yeah, we do that. <laughs> so, uh She announced that we were going to pray for people and prophesy over them too. Every one of them. (laughs) We missed that in the translation. (laughs) Now she speaks English, so I was like, okay. (laughs) But that night, as we began to just minister to people, I watched as I got to the end. And young lady began to write everything down that we had. Administered to her, and with fear and trembling, I watched it, and I said, "We stand every day between God and man. Everyone in this room stands as a priest between God and man." Yeah. I like what he says in verse twenty-nine. He's he's lamenting. He said, "These guys are." Speaking foolishness, and he says, is not my word like fire that consumes all that can endure it, says the Lord, like a hammer that breaks in pieces the rock of the most stubborn resistance. That's what the real word of the Lord does. The same word there in Jeremiah 23 for who has stood in the counsel of the Lord, is the same Hebrew word in Amos 3, verse 7, where he said, Surely the Lord does nothing unless He reveals His secrets to His servants, the prophets. Same word there. So I'm not a prophet. Uh, You're even better. (laughs) You're a son of the prophet. (laughs) Acts 3, verse 25. And biblically, see, we have to begin to look at patterns and what the Lord is saying, not after American uh, hermeneutical principles, but actually the biblical pattern that God establishes in Scripture. And biblically speaking, a son receives a greater inheritance than his father. So if you're a son of the prophet, then you receive a greater grace and inheritance from a prophetic. Place. I agree that not everyone's prophets, but everyone here is called to stand in the counsel of the Lord. And what it is, is it's like this this way that the Lord has set up that. um, How do I put this? It's. See, again, we we make these statements that kind of drive me nuts sometimes. You just never know what the Lord's going to do. But there's a tension because he says he'll do exceedingly above what we could all or think. But he hasn't left us ignorant because the most outrageous prophetic word over your life is an invitation once again to become that which the Lord has uh, called you to be through the context of intimacy. And so what he does is he you're going to the nation. Then it's an invitation to the heart of God. God, how do I posture myself to receive that which you have to me? He, when I was here in August, you you, you people are all prophetic, you all know, got around me. I shudder every time I hear those words, I begin to listen to that tape. Because if we really are standing in the counsel of the Lord, we stand in there fully accepted before God in the love of God. But it, it, the progression of Jesus is progressive and it turns us into the fear of the Lord. And so I ask the Lord to give me experiences that scare the hell out of me. And I don't mean that in a funny way. I mean, Lord, I want to see you. I want to be exposed by Jesus, the righteous judge. I want every part of the world system to remove from me so that I fear and I tremble at the very voice of the Lord. We don't take this lightly. We're not just coming to preach another conference message. But we want to speak what thus say of God. We, we just want to speak. We want to be attuned to the place of the Lord. Yeah. It's good. And so truth is, is built and multidimensional. And Jesus actually says this. Our invitation as we stand in the counsel of the Lord, according to what we hear, is another invitation for intimacy. But as we'll dive deeper... See, the Lord spoke to me a few weeks ago. He goes, Abner, you know what sanctification is? He says, it's just making me Lord over another area of your life. It's called repentance. He said, whenever a person turns in repentance, the veil is taken away. And then you get to, he unlocks another place of glory for you. Takes you from glory to glory. That's why some people are still receiving the same word. Because you didn't obey the word you got 20 years ago. And the Lord is so good, He's trying to establish something in you. And he builds truth upon truth as you stand in the counsel of the Lord. One of my great fears is, especially in the prophetic movement, it's wonderful what the Lord is doing, but we're coming to a place of maturity that we must not just teach prophetic principles, how to prophesy, how to do this, without standing in the counsel of the Lord. and understand. Because you can prophesy, but not stand in the counsel of the Lord and hear correctly. It's a scary place because it's a gift of grace. I have yet many things to say, but you're not able to bear them down. This is John 16. That he may come, the spirit of truth. He will guide you to all truth. I have many things to tell you. (laughs) It never violates the word, but it always expands the God of the word. And And he will speak the coming things he will tell you. God is consistently, as I understand scripture, not wanting you to be ignorant of the next season of your life. He will glorify me because of me he will take it he will take and I will tell you all these things as the Father has are mine because of this that of mine I will take it to you Jesus was never ignorant when he walked this earth. Jesus said it like this in another way he replied to them, to you has been given to know the secrets of the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven to him it has not been given Matthew 13:11. The word "their secrets, is the secret counsels, which, there's that word counsel again, which govern the God in dealing with righteous, which are hidden from ungodly and wicked men, but plain to the godly. I want to look at uh, two different stories. I don't know how long I'll, I'll be able to get into, fully develop it. Is everyone okay? <laughs> Lord is good, huh? <laughs> I want to look at this story of Zechariah and Elizabeth and God visiting these two different people and the response of faith. See, in, as you stand in the counsel of the Lord, as you stand in glory, the Lord will release his counsels. And it's a seed of a word from a different word that uh, locks inside of you to change the world around you. The word carries within it the weight to fulfill the impossible in your life. Right. Yes. Yes. Luke chapter 1. In the days when Herod was king of Judah, there was a certain priest whose name was Zechariah of the daily service of Ab- Abiah, And his wife was also a descendant of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they both were righteous in the sight of God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and re- requirements of the Lord. I want to stop there because it says both Zachariah and Elizabeth were in right standing with God. They were already in right standing with God. But as the story progresses, you'll find that they needed to co-labor with the word of the Lord to fulfill that which God had spoken over them. Many of the principles and the places that God is taking us today has nothing to do with going to heaven, because a lot of times people will say, well, the supernatural or this or that or or this shift, You know, we, we just don't really want to make those changes in our life. That's fine. You just won't be effective and fully a part of what God's doing in the earth. You can still be in right standing with God, but actually be in sin in other ways. One of the great sins inside the church is unbelief and not believing who he said he was. So they're in right standing with God and, and, and uh, the Holy Spirit's about to speak to them because about the coming forerunner, John. Yes. They needed a child and God needed a forerunner. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We have to stop looking at the kingdom as individualistic. I love America. I do. I like capitalism, and I'm proud to say I like capitalism. Because it keeps people from not being poor. Capitalism is not evil. The love of money is evil. There's no perfect system. But there's not one entity in the earth that can make things equal. In the kingdom, it's not even equal. In terms of practical results or what we think is important, it's always equal in the courtroom of heaven. But what we have to understand is take off often the cultural context we're in. It's not your sin. It's not your prophetic word. Because they wanted a child. And as they cried for a child, the prophetic fulfillment of their prophetic word became the prophetic fulfillment for a nation. So within us, every one of us, our promise is interrelated to changing the course of history around us. It has individual blessing, but it should bless the nations of the world because that's what God is after. Jesus fulfilled his assignment upon the earth, but infected multitudes around him, and he becomes our elder brother. <laughs> but they had no child, for Elizabeth was barren. Both were far advanced in their years while on duty, serving as a priest before God in the order of his division. As was his custom of the priesthood, it fell upon him by the lot to enter the sanctuary of the temple of the Lord and burn incest. And all the throng of people were praying outside in the court at the hour of incense burning. And there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing at the right side of the altar. And when Zechariah saw him, he was troubled and fear took possession of him. We'll read a different story when an angel of the Lord visits Mary. But catch the fact that in verse 12, fear took possession of him. But the angel said, don't be afraid, Zechariah, because your petition was heard. He had already been making prayers. God had heard his prayers. Your wife Elizabeth will bear a son and you must call his name John. God is favorable. Now, God answers his prayer, but he doesn't necessarily... He answers it with uh, a very specific mandate. John was not the name that you would probably have named them. Your prophetic fulfillment of the destiny over your life, the destiny over this region, is going to come to pass. But don't try and uh, put God in a box on how it's supposed to happen. Because he's operating from eternity and not from our human eyesight. Yeah, right. yeah. The word there in verse 12, it said he was troubled. So it caused him inward commotion. It disturbed him. To, it says there, if we can read it in context there, it, he said it put his, his spirit with fear and dread. It's very interesting to me. He's doing, he's, we, we already know he's in right standing with the Lord. He's standing in the council, of the Lord as much as you can under the old covenant. He's standing as a priest. He's asking for the Lord. The Lord brings him an answer and he's afraid. <laughs> Many times we're asking God for things. We're standing in the counsel of the Lord. We're standing just, just to know Him. We're asking for certain things, and then when He actually tells us what He's about to do, we don't believe Him. And faith is part of the economy of heaven, and so often what we abort the promises of God because... It didn't come in the package we thought we wanted it to come in. And it's really scary what he's asking us to do. Because, see, he's asking you to actually become a prophetic picture in yourself in the pursuit of your destiny. I don't know if that makes sense. makes sense to me. He's unable to receive the Word of the Lord and receive it by faith. And God is so merciful, He says, guess what, you're not going to be allowed to speak. <laughs> How do you like that one? <laughs> I'm so good, I'm going to fulfill the promise in your life. <laughs> Listen, if you know you know, the Lord's spoken to you certain things and you haven't done it, first of all, stop wasting time. Disobedience to God is so illogical to me. You know. <laughs> you know what I find? I find... The more I forgive, the more I choose to not speak ill of anybody, the more I really live. Right, uh, right, right. That's right. Like what he said, free conscience, you know. Yeah. It's illogical not to obey God. It really doesn't make any sense. It's, it means that you don't understand the true nature of God in your life. Means that there's a perception or there's experience that's affecting your view of God, or there's a woundedness or a judgment or idea that you have about God. That's why inner healing is so important. You go through inner healing every day, it's called walking with Jesus. And the way you know that you need inner healing is when you say you don't need inner healing. <laughs> And there's a divine connection which he spoke about extensively on Thursday between what comes out of your mouth and what's in your heart. Apparently, God couldn't let him speak because it could have affected what he was telling him and God's purposes in the earth. In fact, he's only allowed to speak. Watch, the angel tells him and he's only allowed to speak when he begins to say what God was saying. I prophesy over myself almost every day. I, I have these prophecies I prophesy over myself. And I find this one really effective. Lord, I guard my mouth to only speak what is good, lovely, and for personal edification. You'll be amazed how, when that's in your heart, you go to say something. No, I'm not going to say that. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Help, us, Lord. Yes. Because that... That word, I really mean it, and I want it deep in my heart, and I want it to protect me. I want it deep in my heart. Because your heart is not your buh Your heart is the inward man. Real faith is of the heart, not the head. That's why suddenly you're like, ooh, God. It's kind of like walking on water. You think you're in unbelief. It's what's really in here. Don't tell me Peter wasn't like, uh, how is this going to work? I'm going to walk on water. you know. It was in here. That's why we have to teach our spirit to dominate our soul. And as we teach our spirit to dominate our soul and put ourselves in a place, the body begins to come into alignment with what's in your heart. David was the one who said, my heart and my flesh cry out. He had be, his body had begun to become accustomed and actually realize what it was born for. Yes, your body is temporal, but it can actually become accustomed to the things of God. I'll just read verse 64. And at once his mouth was open, his tongue was loosed, and he began to speak, blessing and thanking God. This is after John was born. I'm just pulling from different parts of the story. I'm back in verse twenty-one. I want to look at Elizabeth's response to there. Now the people kept waiting for Zachariah, and they wondered at his delaying so long in the sanctuary. And when he did come out, he was unable to speak to them, and they clearly perceived that he had seen a vision in the sanctuary, he kept making signs, still he remained dumb. And when his time of performing priestly functions is ended, he returned to his own house. Now, after this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant, and for five months she secluded. Now, watch this. This is incredible. She secluded herself, saying, I have hid myself. She had the word of the Lord, and she began to protect it. We need to begin to create environments, and I believe it's part of this kingdom shift where an atmosphere of faith can be built upon people, upon the inside of them, where the impossible begins to come logical. And I want to say that I believe that you've entered in a new season as a house where it's an atmosphere of faith, it's an atmosphere of promise, where it, things that are, look totally contrary to real life and worldly things because we're planted in eternity begin to become a reality, and we encourage each other. God is building a family. We learn to recognize each other after the Spirit. And not after our own faults. Not after our own misgiving. We encourage each other. We build as each one has received the gift from the Lord. Let him minister the manifold grace of God. She placed herself in an an environment where her promise could be cultivated. An atmosphere of faith and expectancy creates an environment where the word of the Lord can be fulfilled on your behalf. You begin to create the environment, the world that you live in, so you can cultivate the promises of God. Speaking is one of the huge things. With our mouth, we make confession what we believe in our heart. It's huge. By your words, you will be justified or condemned. That's what Jesus said. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What's in the heart filters through the mind and becomes an action. That's why I always very aware. I said, where did that come from? Uh It's somewhere in my heart. So Lord, let me Lord show me the thought pattern that allowed that to still be in my heart. And Lord, let me turn away. Amen. Amen. Second story. Are we are we okay, everybody? Amen. They didn't give me a time limit, sometimes dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> now, in the sixth month after that, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to the town of Galilee. This is Luke chapter one, named Nazareth. Gabriel seems to get all the good assignments. (laughs) To a girl, never having been married, a virgin engaged to be married to a man whose name was Joseph, a descendant of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her, Hail, O favored one, endowed with grace, the Lord is with you. Blessed favor of God are you before all other women. And when she saw him, she was greatly troubled and disturbed and confused at what he said and kept revolving in her mind what such a greeting might mean. Mary, like Zechariah, had fear come upon her, but Gabriel encourages her not to allow the fear to overtake her. And listen, you will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, eminent. He will be called the Son of the Most High God. The Lord will give to him the throne of his forefather David, and he will reign over the... I always wonder about that one. How is David a forefather of Jesus? (laughs) The Bible's deep. And he will reign over the house of Jacob throughout the ages, and of his reign there will be no end. Now, here's something uh, very interesting to me, because she inquires of the angel standing there. And when you stand in the council of the Lord, you can actually inquire of God things, because it's another invitation for intimacy. God is always, he's doing so many things, and there's so many cool things, but ultimately it all goes back to leaning into his heart. Jesus correctly prophesied, and they will love, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. Mm-hmm. Deuteronomy 6, the Shema Israel, and you shall love the Lord your God all, with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. And then he says, speak about these things. There's that speaking idea. But David says in Psalm 27, one thing have I desired, one thing will I seek, that I may inquire of the Lord. See, friends of God, this is what you begin to discover, is that I, I wish I had learned this. I wish there was like a course on this. Huh? School of the Holy Spirit. God used to speak things to me. I said, wow, that's awesome. Amen, praise the Lord. I didn't realize he was inviting me into a dialogue. And he was inviting me into a realm of his heart that he wanted me to discover. And he was trying to hook me in. Now I know it. Knowing is half the battle of G.I. Joe. <laughs> <laughs> because when you begin to have an understanding and a revelation of your place before God. See, revelation does not mean it's fulfilled in your life. Revela- Isaiah 11. Seven spirits of God. We read them about them in Revelation. How many know there's seven spirits before the very throne of God? spirit of Revelation opens up the door, but this spirit of truth gives you the ability to bring practical application to that which the Lord has revealed to you. One of the fears is, is that we have revelation, but we, we haven't put the practical application to many of the things that we know. We're just... Totally too revolutionized in the church today. Re- Revelator, we got a book on everything. What are we doing with all these books? We should be taking nations with all this information. Because it's become information. But it hasn't come manifestation. So we can inquire of the Lord. It's one of the great joys. You get to ask God questions. Get to dialogue with Him. She says, he said to this angel, how can this be since I have no intimacy with a man or her husband? Mary looks at the natural circumstances in relation to the word of the Lord she was receiving. The Lord spoke this to me. He said, when I release to my sons and daughter revelation, I release it so that revelation can be applied and turn their natural circumstances around. Many abort the promises of God because they are not anchored in the superior reality of my kingdom. I'm teaching a generation to cooperate with this, uh, this, the realm of eternal, which is heaven. Watch what the angel responds to her. See, we we have to stop receiving. See, what what God is speaking here to Mary, what God is speaking to us as we stand in the counsel of the Lord carries with it. The seed of eternity, which can change the world around you. And it carries within it the DNA of all heaven behind it. And he says, how's this going to happen? <laughs> this is a response to us all. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. <laughs> It's impossible. Everything that we talk about almost in the kingdom is completely impossible. But God has given us His great helper. Remember, the, uh, uh, Jesus spoke to me. He said, what's even better than walking with me on the earth is the fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Right. <laughs> Some people think, wouldn't it be cool to walk with Jesus? <laughs> you can <laughs> And so the holy, pure thing shall be born of you, will be called the Son of God. The angel tells her it's a work of the Holy Spirit that will be conceived on the inside of you. Mary becomes a prophetic prototype of believers today. The Holy Spirit has impregnated you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. She carried the Messiah. You carry the seed of another world to change the world around you. And your, listen, your relative Elizabeth in her old age was conceived a son. And this now is a six-month with her who is called barren. Huh, I love this. For nothing is ever impossible. No word from God shall be without power or impossible fulfillment. Verse 37 actually means no word from, that God ever speaks is without the grace to accomplish that which God has spoken. Then Mary said, Behold, I am a handmaiden of the Lord. Let it be. (laughs) I was in a car driving this summer. I was driving somewhere in a small town. I think South Carolina is going somewhere. The Holy Spirit said to me, You don't believe half the things I tell you. And I said, Lord, forgive me. Let it be according to your word. He began to speak to me about certain things. Lord, I have no idea how that's going to happen, but let it be according to your Sometimes in the natural we can see what the enemy is trying to do in the spirit. And so I observe this context that with this sin of abortion that we've allowed in this nation. It's a picture what the enemy is trying to do to the church. It's trying to abort the promises of God. Because that abortive spirit has been released in the nation. And the church, since it didn't speak then, allowed authority in the church to come in for the abortive promises, of, to abort the promises of God in this hour. But I want to tell you that God is raising up a generation who will dream God's dream. Remember, I was praying one day years ago, just on the beach praying. and I, The Lord said, look out on the water. He said, as far as you can see water, that is everyone's destiny. It's a whole lot bigger than you think. Yes. You talk about even standing in the council Lord. It might not even have to do with a business idea or, or an educational solution. It might be just things that God wants to share between you and Him. <laughs> Remember John? <laughs> write these things down. The angel shows you. And then the angel is showing something. No, don't write that down. It's just between me and you. There's a whole history in God that He wants to build with you. God is not like many leaders in the church. <laughs> He's not looking to use you for their vision. That's right. He's looking to simply commune with you, but out of the place He'll clothe you with glory, and in the proper context you will change the world. He's a God of relationship. Because in proper relationship, I already showed you that God wanted to clothe you with glory, but out of intimacy with Him, He clothes you with that glory. He fills you with the power of a different world. But when you're clothed in glory in the proper context, it always points back to Him. Jesus prayed in John 17, Father, glorify Your Son that I may glorify You. You know, if we... As we're fascinated with Jesus, you can't help but begin to minister to the world around you. Mary, now watch this. This is really important. And Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to the town of Judah. In the moment God spoke to her, He prophesied something that she immediately came into her spirit and became a part of her, but the full fulfillment of that word wouldn't come till at least 31 years later. He says, Elizabeth's pregnant, and she goes and she finds Elizabeth because she was already living in the word that God gave her. It's the job of faith to grab hold of the prophetic promises of God and what God speaks in a secret counsel that it becomes part of you even though you may not see it right away. God is often not like Burger King. Thank yeah, thank God, really, you know. You ever see though they look so much better and then you go through the drive-thru like, ugh. Oh, never <laughs> looks like it does on TV." <laughs> They make it that quick, it can't be that good, you know? She went immediately to see what the angel was telling her was true. It became a fabric of who she was already. And she went, this is verse 40, to the house of Zechariah, entered and saluted Elizabeth. And it occurred then that she already lived in the prophetic word right there. Genesis 12, when uh, God gives Abraham the promise, this always fascinates me. That he said, I, he doesn't say, I'm going to make you. He said, I've made you. ha, ha, ha. Because when you stand in the counsel of the Lord, it's in eternity. And God doesn't live in time, He visits time. So in His counsel, it's already done. Love what He said, fully convinced. That's why we cast down every vain imagination that exalts itself against the knowledge of the counsel that you're standing in. (laughs) <laughs> it's a key verse. Mary receives the word. Often, people are, if I could know this person, or if I could know that person, you know, then I could get this invention, or I could get my ministry started, or if I had an encounter like Heidi Baker, or if I, this happened, or that happened, or if they called me out in a conference and I got a prophetic word, not realizing this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. He loves you and the heavens are already open and you get to stand in the counsel of the Lord to discover how to live under that open heaven. Because his goal. Ultimately. Is for you to have your deepest needs met by him. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with and controlled by the Holy Spirit. That'll throw the whole abortion debate out. (laughs) She cried out with a loud cry and exclaimed, Blessed and favor above all women are you and blessed and favored is the fruit of your womb. Often, I think we look at um, Mary and we realize that She actually had the Christ child inside of her, but not only did she believe a crazy word, but she also took the stigma of believing that she actually carried the Messiah upon the inside of her. She was willing to take a stigma to see the impossible fulfilled. It's fascinating to me because, you know, Joseph's like, you know, like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a good guy, you know, I don't want to get her in trouble. They didn't believe Jesus. Do you think they believed Mary? How'd you get pregnant? The Holy Spirit. Sure. <laughs> I mean, they didn't believe the Son of Man. Do you think they believed the young teenage girl? She was accepting upon the inside of her the stigma and all that it carried with her. Verse 45, Elizabeth calls Mary blessed. And that word it means happy is the one who has believed what God has spoken. Mary 2, it tells us in Luke one fifty-six that Mary remained with Elizabeth for five months. This thing really jumped out at me when I was reading this over. And uh, I said, five months for Elizabeth, five months for Mary. I said, there's something there. Huh. It was an inquiry into the heart of God. So I did what all inquiries do. I went to Google. <laughs> but I found out very quickly that after five months, the chances for miscarriage go down significantly. That's why the Lord is creating a new wineskin with the miscarriages... In the body of Christ. Are now put. In an environment where they can flourish. In an atmosphere where it is protected. You have to protect. The seed of God upon the inside of you. Your prophecies. Corporate prophecies. Individual prophecies. The word of God. Are part of your currency in this hour. Whoa. on quickly as I just want to conclude here. This is Luke chapter 2 when the shepherds come to see Jesus. Verse 17, and when they saw it, they made known what had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it were astounded and marveled at what the shepherds told them. But Mary was keeping within herself all these sayings. Luke chapter 2, verse 19. The New American Standard said, Mary treasured these things in her heart. She knew it was already unusual how this child came to pass. Now he's born. And now what most scholars will think, he's about two or three, maybe four years old when the shepherds actually show up. And they begin, see there there was God speaking along the way of the seed that she already had inside of her. There may be people in this room, God had spoke something to you 10, 15 years ago. And everywhere you go, you see no manifestation of it, but you keep getting the same word from the Lord. And God's trying to hook you in to treasure those things in your heart. The word treasure there, to preserve, to keep one in self, to keep it in mind, least it be forgotten. Remember the story? Jesus is a young boy. They go to the temple. They leave in a caravan. Jesus is hanging out in the temple. This is Luke chapter 2. I'm just pulling out of the story here. because I want to lead to something. And when they, Mary and Joseph, saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said to him, Child, why have you treated us like this? Here your father and I have been anxiously looking for you, distressed and tormented. And he said to them, how is it that you had to look for me? Did you not know and see that it is necessary as a duty for me to be in my father's house and occupied by my, by my father's business? But they did not comprehend what he was saying. Mary, still though, I believe, continued to ponder that which this unique child, which was in front of her. He had to be unique. He never sinned. And Jesus finally has called his disciples in John 2, and they're at the wedding feast. We've run out of the good wine. <laughs> Mary brings the people over. He's with his disciples. He says, woman, it's not my time yet. He wasn't being rude. Culturally, that was an okay thing to say. Can't do that to my Puerto Rican mom. Woman. Woman. will give you a woman in a minute That's so it's not my time yet. But I want to submit to you that she understood that she could stand in the counsel of the Lord, knowing full well the prophetic promises of God. And I believe that she had an understanding in measure that she could access something that was about to come into the earth. And through knowing the seed that was already inside of her, I believe she simply responded in faith And because she stood with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in the very throne room of God, she was able to be part of this witness in heaven and her response of faith elicited the miracle worker in that hour. She stood between humanity and God and brought forth the promise of which God had. And I say to you tonight, There is a whole generation of people I will raise up who will stand between God and man. And they have heard these great promises that I have put forth. And they will stand in that priesthood that I have available for all believers. For in the first Reformation, it was a Reformation of who we are in God that we're saved by faith through grace. And each person has access. And I say since that time there has been a Reformation inside the church. But there now is coming an understanding to my people that they can bring heaven to earth through intimacy with my son. Jesus invited John the Revelator to come up here now. And I invite you in this Kairos moment to come up here now. For there are things that I desire to do in the earth. There are places in your heart that I desire the deep word and the counsel of the Lord to go deep, to prophesy the change in nations, to prophesy business change, to prophesy into this government. For I say unto you, my nation is on your is on, your nation is on my heart in this hour. I have not grown dull to the cries and heaven has heard and the bulls are about to be released in, in this nation. And I will even bring reformation in government. I will even bring reformation to, to all sectors of society in, in this hour. But I say to you, reformation begins in your heart. Reformation begins in the house of God. And I am bringing a cleansing and a renewing in this hour. I will expose corruption. I will expose sin. For now is the hour for my people to stand in the full counsel of the Lord. For I will give my people like I gave my servant Samuel. In 1 Samuel chapter 3, words that did not fall to the ground. And all Israel from Dan to Beersheba knew that he had been a prophet established by the Lord. And in this hour, I invite you to the counsel of the Lord to give you weighty words. Words that will not fall to the ground. Words that will bring transformation. Words that will speak to mountains and it will obey you. For that which stands in front of you is subject to change. That which stands in front of the body of Christ in this hour is subject to change. But I say to you, I am raising up. I am rebuilding the tabernacle of David in this hour. What is at the heart of what I am doing in this hour? It is a part of people fully devoted to me. Romans 12 Present yourself a living sacrifice in this hour holy and acceptable to to me. And do not be conformed, but be transformed for I'm changing the way my people think. I'm changing the mindset. And I see even right now as I say this, I see a hammer going to old religious structures and mindsets that have kept the people of God from experiencing the full measure of my glory. For I am not a God of the Pentecostals. I am not a God of a charismatic movement. I am not a God of a Toronto movement or a Brownsville movement. I am the God of the kingdom. And Hebrews 12, I said through my servant Paul that I will share everything that can be shaken and there is a shaking and there is a rattling in the spirit and I am pulling people into alignment with the things of heaven, with the realities of heaven. Let heaven come to earth and let it come through you in this hour. and I say and I say over this house, I I believe the Lord's asking me to decree this tonight. I break every aborted promise over this house. I see seeds that were planted inside the very foundation of this church. And people said, we can't do that. We're just not big enough. We won't have enough money. Who are we to say we can do that? And I break in the name of Jesus every abortive spirit. Everything that's been aborted. I break in the name of Jesus by the authority God has given me in the office that I stand in. I break abortive promises over this house house, I say over this house, abortive spirit, go in Jesus' name. And I release life and blessing. And I declare that this will be a house that gives weighty words that release to people transformation, transformation of marriages, transformation of cities. For as you stand in the counsel of the Lord, you will prophesy a thing, you will decree a thing, and it will be established in this city. For the Lord says, I have released apostolic grace over you. I have given you your portion of the city, your territory, and you will be a gathering place. You will be a place where people join together as one under the banner of the Lordship Hallelujah. of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah! And it will be a sign unto you that I will begin to t- begin to touch those those people that you thought God would never touch. I, it will be a sign to you that I'll even touch the most religious among you. There'll be a revival of those people had given up on <laughs> Shaba hobayah, Hataba. I feel this thing right now just lift your hands Lord I break words spoken over people I break I break mindsets that created structures in their heart that kept them from ex- re- receiving the word of the Lord there's some of you receive prophetic Promise After prophetic promise, but there was not a wineskin to capture that which God wanted to do. And so I break that off of you in Jesus' name. And I say that you stand in the very heart of God. You stand in the very counsel of the Lord. I break mindsets. I break stronghold. I see eyes opening. I see eyes opening. Spiritual eyes opening to see that Jesus is your all-sufficiency. And by the office that God has called me to, I declare over you that you will begin to see what you've never seen. And God will begin to prove himself. Faithful in every year. Faithful is He who's called you. Faithful is He to be. To, is He who will be who fulfills it in your life. I declare to you that you will begin to learn the all-sufficiency of God. I declare to you that you will begin to have the word of the Lord for your family, your home, your job, everywhere you go. You are a son of God. You are a son of the prophet. And I declare to you the reality of what Peter said in Acts chapter 3 verse 25. That you are the son of the prophet. I declare to you that you are the greatest prophet in your life. That as you stand in the counsel of the Lord, humbly before Jesus, that you begin to prophesy life and victory. Speak to the mountain and it will obey you in this hour. Hallelujah. And I declare there's an understanding of the power of your words. And I break off negative words spoken over you. I declare there's some of you in this room that when you were children, your your mom and and father spoke harshly to you. And I break the power of those words, even that have kept you. And I break the root of those words over you. I break the root of accusation over you that every time you begin to lift yourself high, that something begins to break you down. I break the spirit of limitation. I break a poverty spirit that has tried to infect you. There's some of you in this room, the Lord has called you to break a poverty spirit over your lineage. And so I declare the blood of Jesus is sufficient and he is your all-sufficient one. And I break it off of you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank, you, Lord. Thank you, I declare that you hear the word of the Lord. There's, there's like five people. Whoa, shah. There's five. I, I feel this very strongly. There's five people in this room. You over and over say you don't hear the voice of the Lord. First of all, I want to say that's a lie from the enemy because you got saved. <laughs> but if that's you, I'm not trying to embarrass you. There's an anointing uh, right here just to break that thing open. And from this day forward for you just to hear the voice of the Lord. If that's you. You say you don't hear. I, you, I, I feel like some of you, if you, you say, I just don't hear. From, it's just very difficult for me to hear from the Lord. If that's you. Just come up here right now. There's an anointing to just break, 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 break that off. Come, come, come. Whoa. Angels are on assignment tonight. Just lift your hands to heaven because God's the one who's going to touch you. More than five, I guess. (laughs) Holy Spirit, come. Thanks, Lord, for what you're already doing. Lord, I believe that word over my life tonight, that the grace of God is upon me to release the glory of God. To go around the world. I pray that it would be Jesus himself. Manifesting himself as he touches people. I thank you for your angelic activity. I break the lies of the enemy. And I receive your promises. Just, just, just repeat this out here. If you've come here for prayer. Just say Lord I receive your promises. I do hear your word. And from this day forward. From this day forward I, will hear your voice I will hear your voice. In multifaceted ways. Through others, through the word, through the through the ways you speak through the word. I am a hearer and a doer of your word. In Jesus name. Now, just give the Lord a praise. Because it's going to release something over you. So I say, come, Holy Spirit, come, Holy Spirit, and open your open ears Open ears, show, ha. Open ears. Oh, open ears. Ears be open. Whoa, sha, ha. Open ears. Whoa, right there. Open ears. Open ears. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I speak healing to the wounded mind and I say, ears be open. Whoa. Ears, open, open, open now. Open ears, spiritual ears in the knowledge of Jesus. I declare your ears be, uh, uh, ears be open. Ears be open. Ears be open. Ears be open. Whoa. Uh, ears be open. Say your ears are open. I, no, I'm just praying that over I break words spoken of you, and I say, ears be open, 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 open. More, Lord. Ears. Open, 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 open. Ah! Oh, something. Whoa. Something was there. There's like a religious spirit that tried to assassinate you. Break off judgments, even things spoken by people in your family. Ears. Open. Oh, open. Huh? Open. Ears open. Oh, Shabbat. Ears. Whew. Open. Ooh, and there's peace just being released, too. A lot of tension there. Ears open. Ears, open. Open, open, open. Ears, spiritual ears, open. Spiritual ears. Open. Open. Right there. Whoa, right there. Oh, man, it's like an angel of the Lord just drops something inside of you. One of my God, I say to you that you have been called. Whoa, what a prophetic gift and a prophetic calling upon the inside of you. And the enemy has tried to stop that which flow that I put upon the inside of you through circumstances, disappointment. And so I break that all off of you. Whoa! Just lift your hands. There it is. Boom! 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 Fire of God, like a hammer. Your word is like a hammer, and we say the word of the Lord is like a hammer, 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 breaking it all off of you and releasing life. Where that thing tried to stop it from going in there. Whoa! Fire! 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 <laughs> Baptizer in the Holy Ghost and fire, fresh fire. Oh, there's fire going through all of you. It's, there's this fireball going through your spirit, and he's taking off disappointment. He's taking off heartache. Fire, 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 more, Lord, fire of heaven, burn that which is not of you. And Your eyes are going to be open. You'll see. Ah, you'll see what you've never seen before. Whew. Ears open. Ears open. Ears open. I feel like maybe there was some disappointment one time when you heard God and just didn't seem like it came to pass. So I just break off disappointment. I want to say that too. Cuz we're in when we're in relationship with the Lord. You know, I was talking with somebody and they really went for this thing they felt like the Lord had spoken to them. And maybe I think they heard correctly but maybe the timing was off. We're in the counsel of the Lord. And when we're in the counsel of the Lord, He's not saying, man, you really messed that one up. Maybe it's for another season or whatever it may be. That's why we need each other. You need godly counsel. You need to have people speak into your life. But don't allow that disappointment. Oh, it didn't turn out this way. Oh, the seed of what was inside of me just hasn't turned out the way. Don't allow it from you to... I always have determined this, that I have have had things that I thought they were going to turn out a certain way. I thought I had... A word from the Lord in a specific area. And it hasn't turned out exactly how I thought it would. I refuse to allow that disappointment. Or what I didn't understand. To allow me from obeying the next time. Or functioning as the next time. Because yes. I'm in relationship yes. with the Lord. And I'm trying to hear correctly. And all I can do is try and obey as best I know how. And allow people to speak into my life. Yes. Yes. So I won't allow that. I'm in, so I'm in relationship with the Lord and the Lord doesn't turn away. He just picks you up. Here we go. Yeah. What is key is that we inquire of the Lord and ask Him where we stepped wrong. Or if we missed the timing. A lot of times I've had the word of the Lord, but I've had the wrong timing for the season of it. Or I took a word from the Lord and Thought it was going to happen this way because this person just seemed to be a perfect fit for what the Lord was speaking to me in terms of relationship and things like that. But he picks you up and he said, go. Ears open in Jesus' name. Ooh, God's not done with you. Uh, 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 more, Lord. Your ears are on fire. Oh, uh, fire. Oh, uh, more, Lord. Hey, um, don't talk about any product, but if this is just the only night you're here, please, if, if um.